Hey guys, welcome back to episode three of the UCFB Football Podcast. I'm here today with Marley and Dylan. Hello. Hello. Unfortunately, Sean can't be with us today. We've been a bit unlucky with attendance. We've only just got Dylan back and now Sean's unavailable, but next week we should be back to our full complement with all four of us again. Um, so, lads, let's just look back at last week's fixtures. How did the thirds get on, Connor? Um, we had another double-digit thrashing of the opposition. It was 11-3 this week, so one goal less than last week and two more conceded. Um, I'll start off by taking you through the squad lineup. Just give you a bit of a feel for uh, how the team's being set up this season, because I think it's pretty, pretty much the same lineup as last week. So uh, we had Krask in goal. Um, same, same as last week. I think he'll he'll be between the six more or less every game this season unless he can't make it to the games. Uh, Braden Page starts at right back. Uh, then we had Marley Sandal at centre-back along with Jordan McMillan. Uh, we had Hayho starting at left-back. Captain Kenny starting at CDM. Uh, Ratimi and uh, Hardin starting in the centre of midfield. Drake starting on the right wing, who scored four goals last week. Daly starting on the left wing and Danashi starting up front. So uh, the manager went for a 4-3-3 formation, same as last week, probably the same as next week. Um, and yeah, another another big win for us this week. Played the other team off the park again. I think they're a bit of a more physical side this week. So you can see that we were struggling in the opening stages and it was very end-to-end sort of stuff. I think it was 4-2 at half time. Um, but yeah, we come out in the second half and the fitness just really started to shine through again and played the other side off the park, really. They started to lose their heads. We remained calm, uh, stuck to that team mentality and just blew them away. So the scorers for me this week, uh, there was quite a few. Uh, striker Danashi scored a hat-trick. Um, Jones and Drake scored two apiece. Um, I think we can get into Jones a bit later because he scored two direct from corners, which is very strange. Yeah, I was I was told at the start of the game that uh, Jones wasn't a set piece man, and then he scored two direct from corners. So that was a bit of a uh, funny coincidence. Has anyone ever um, seen that before? Uh, someone not just scoring from a corner directly, but doing it twice in one game. I've no, I've never seen that. I've not seen that before either. I'm not sure how he's been the keeper like that twice. Yeah, a bit. If you're the opposition manager there, you've got to be surely a bit disappointed with your keeper. Maybe it's unlucky to get done with it once, but 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 twice it happening happening twice in one game. That's 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 not good. I think the second time was actually intentional. I think he scored from the first one, and then thought I'll give it another go from this one, and then scored again. So he almost did it a third time. Thought surely he's not going to get a hat trick from corners. That. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. You can only imagine a hat trick from corners. That that would be something to write about. That would that would honestly that I think that would probably overshadow the fact that the seconds of the third, sorry, have scored 22 in two games. That is ridiculous. Yeah, they seem yeah. like a real attacking threat. What, what were their tactics like going into this game? Uh, from what I heard from the manager, he didn't give any specific specific attacking tactics. I think he just said keep the ball as a team, keep your heads, don't make any silly passes, don't make any... I think he was more worried defensively because he knows how 
proficient our attack is. He doesn't really need to give any instructions. But obviously, I feel like he just wanted to make sure, like, if we're scoring five, six, seven, we just make sure we keep our focus at the back. And we did for pretty much the whole game. It was a very professional performance. But, yeah, I don't think any real specific attacking tactics were given out. I think he just trusts his attack to go out there and blow the opposition away at this point, which they did again. So I think he's got he's got this group of players playing up front that he now trusts. They're, they're bonding with each other. They're getting that that flow and the connection of the pass, as you can see it in our play. So I think um, going forward, the manager's job is just to tell the players to do what they do best, really. Yeah, well, to be honest, when you've when you've scored that many goals in that many games, it's it's hard not to trust them, and and I guess it's it's almost unfortunate for the guys that are starting on the bench because how do you how do you drop players that that are that are in such fine form? You know, Jude Harden's got got four goals in two games, and and Donacci, did you say did he get four last week and then three this week? I think he got two last week and then three this week. So he's in fine scoring form as well. So it yeah. you almost feel sorry for the guys on the bench because it at this point the, the way they're playing is on is they're undroppable and and even only two games in they're storming towards the league title and you you'd probably back them to do it unbeaten as well. The thing is, even the players on our bench because Jones who scored twice from the corner he started on the bench. Uh, Kilner, he started on the bench and he scored when once he came onto the pitch. So even our bench players are coming out there and making a massive impact. That's the sign of any successful squad when you think about it. Really, having the players that what that don't start when they do come in, they can impact the game. If you look at any sort of successful team, even at, U, at uni or even at a professional level, that they've got subs that come on and make an impact. And that's it's not just it's not just football's not just a game of 11 players you know you need you need your subs to come on and make an impact yeah when you have a team like this playing so well you know scoring so many so early and including the bench as well like it's looking like they're going to continue doing this for the rest of the season we if if i had to look at the league now i'd say we class is above every, anyone else in it but obviously i don't want to speak too soon because we're only two games in but um yeah it's looking it's looking very very good for the thirds at the minute. So the seconds didn't actually have a game this week. Uh, give, it gives them a little bit extra time to brush up on some uh, some aspects of their game. I know last week I think they were practicing some set pieces. So hopefully, you know, maybe they can get, score a couple from corners. I think uh, this week as well they were practicing penalties for their upcoming um, cup game. You never know because you know the only time games go to penalties. It's happened. Uh, a couple of times in the last season and they'll make sure they're ready for it. Since seconds didn't have a game this week, I'll talk about the women's game. So they played their uh, first home game this season. They were played against Essex, who uh, came off the back of a 12-2 win over St. Mary's. So it was always going to be a tough game going into it. And UCFB were reeling off a loss. Uh, they decided to switch the tactics up this time. They switched to a back four after playing with a back three in the first game. But um, it ultimately went against them. They struggled to find any rhythm for most of the game and Essex were able to get the ball down and play. They were just a far better side. Uh, so UCFB lost 2-0 and both of Essex's goals came from counter-attacks that should have been dealt with. Um, the defence of the women's team is a, a stronger aspect this year, but unfortunately they didn't turn up on the day. Sean was saying last week how seeing the girls go to a back three this year was the first time 
that he'd ever seen them play in a back three. So maybe it was a case of trying to just get back to basics and 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 you know I mean just build from build from a solid foundation in defense, going back to that back four. Um, but they were they were on at Silver Jubilee Park for their first home game there. They moved from Rectory Park uh, last year and they were on before the first team. So I actually got to catch sort of about the last half an hour and they did, it just looked like it wasn't their day. It looked like a bit of a bad day at the office. Sometimes that final pass was a bit off or, or the ball just wasn't, wasn't falling for them. They didn't really have the rub of the green, but they're going to, they're in a really tough league this year. So they're, um, they're going to have to find a way of trying to grind out these results. Otherwise I think they might struggle this year, but, you know, like we said, they're in a really good league, so it's not like they're 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 playing any pushovers. Hopefully, they can turn this around. Hopefully, yeah, I think yeah. it's just a case of keep on pushing through, trying to trying to grind out some results, trying to get a bit of rhythm and a bit of form going, and maybe maybe they'll take off from there and start cracking on with the league. I know Sean said that they're not they're not playing badly. I think these opposition sides are just very good so I think they just need to find a bit of form in the league and get a bit of rhythm going it's uh, well that's what it sounds like to me it's just going to be something that once I think they, they they've, they've got good enough players in their squad you know Evie Gain Charlie Cowper they've all won won leagues before with the women so I think once they get it once they get it right that they'll do you know what I mean they will kick on and they'll be able to start getting some results but at the minute it's just it's just not going their way so hopefully they can turn it around soon. Yeah, Sean was saying there were some individual talents that I saw shone through in the two losses. I think uh, the, like the talents there, they they just need to sort of find their form and like play better together as a as an as a full team. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of new players, just like there is in all of the squads. So there's obviously going to be some sort of adjustment period where it is going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. And and the women the women's team have a lot more players as well. So there's going to be a lot more chopping and changing with not just their starting 11, but their entire match day squads. So that time for, they they, they do need that time for adjustment. Uh, yeah, hopefully they'll come good soon and start start getting a few results, get back into uh, the race for the title. But um, even if they don't win the title this season, just I think they'll be focused on just having a, a good season getting some results, getting higher up the league and just uh, seeing how far they can go, really. Yeah, last season, the women's team were unbeaten in the league and they only lost one game the whole season, which was a cup game. So for the players that were already there, that were there last season, they're sort of uh, feelings, they're, they're not used to this sort of feeling, you know, starting the league with two losses. Because we know how good they can be. And they, they, yeah, they blew, blew teams away all season last season. So they want to get back to that, that winning feeling. So uh, how did the first get on this week? So the first were obviously coming off another uh, a defeat as well off the first game of the season, a 3-1 loss to a very good Hertfordshire side. Um, there was two changes in Jake Carradice's starting lineup. Uh, the first was in at right back. Harry Nicholson replaced Troy Sutherland. And the second was Louis O'Donoghue came out for Adam Sawyer. Um other than that, it was pretty much the same lineup, similar setup. But once the game sort of got going, it was almost like a a, a switch had flicked with the um, the boys. You know, they they seemed to be enjoying themselves a lot more. They seemed a lot more relaxed on the ball. 
and they got off to a flying start. Giorgio Delalo opened the scoring in the first minute, chipping the keeper from from the edge of the box, and it was a re- it was a really audacious finish, and he and he finished it really well. And they weren't done there because Joe Waite made it two within the first five minutes, and you know UCFB were, were off to a flyer. And by that sort of by five ten minutes in, you sort of knew that that UCFB were the better side, and provided there was no glaring mistakes, they they would go on to win the game, and and that's exactly what they did. You know, Adam Sawyer absolutely dominated the midfield, and and he had, he had a he had a, a brilliant game. Yeah, he, he got man of the match, and to make it three nil at the break. And, and UCFB were in cruise control and, and and the message really was just to, you know, get the job done for the second half. Let's get these three points on the board and and let's let, let our season start now. And that's exactly what they did. There was a, a bit of a soft goal conceded in the second half. But other than that, UCL really didn't offer much at all, to be honest. They, they probably had more foul throws than they did chances created. The main sort of concern for the second half was the injury to uh, skipper Toby Mitchell. There was concerns that he might have broken his ankle. So it was quite a serious challenge, but um, it's been looked at and he does, it's not broken. So he's currently fight going to be fighting to get fit for our next game. Um, so hopefully he can be back. And, but yeah, other than that, it was a good, it was a good day's work for UCFB. You know, now they're, Got the three points on the board. They're currently sitting third uh, behind the University of Kent, who they play not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. With that win and and sort of climbing up the league table, it's, I think there's just a, a, a better spirit around the team. It's a bit more jovial. Yeah, I think that's a, definitely a big win for morale. And because the leagues are so small, like you can't really afford to lose too many games mm-hmm. at the start of the season. Obviously, getting that three points on the board to put them back in the the race for the title again this season. So I'm sure that that's a yeah in all the players' minds that'll be a massive, massive win. Yeah, it's great to see that they've immediately responded. You know, after losing the first game, they've also uh, they, you know it was the first home game. They've maintained their form, unbeaten form at home from last season. Uh, what was the home support like down at Silver uh, Jubilee? Oh, it was it was it was so good to be back at Silver Jubilee Park and you know have have some UCFB students there getting a bit rowdy, making some noise. Um, and you could tell the boys really fed off it as well. They, um, they really, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a good atmosphere. It was a really positive atmosphere. And there was even a, a, a banner that got wheeled out, which was, I must say, unbelievable. It was so cool. Um, it was a, like an England flag and it had, um, what did it have in it? It had UCFB, Wembley's finest. It had blue check bar. Yeah, since the mob have graduated, and uh, it's nice to see that there's fans that have sort of taken their place, you know, following the first team around. Well, yeah, the the mob was such a big part of the success a few years ago. So to to see a sort of a new crop of 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 supporters that are going to come home and away and and show their support is is really promising because there's boys in that team that know how much those 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 fans can help in in Giorgio uh, Delalo Callum Foster and and Toby Mitchell having seen how influential the mob were a few years ago in their first year so yeah having those it's always nice to see fans come down and and you know after the game there was initiations as well and the shout out has got to go out to 
to Louis O'Donoghue, who whacked out the keyboard and, and, and started playing on the piano. He didn't just sing. He actually started playing the piano, which was by far my favourite initiation. Every time you get undressed, I just sing Welcome back to part two. For part two of this episode, we are starting a new series called Away Days, where we will follow the UCFB teams on away trips up and down the country, ranking them on how good of an away day they are. Because as we all know, we do love an away day. UCFB Away Days. On the first episode of UCFB Away Days, it's the UCFB thirds against the Greenwich men's thirds. I caught up with centre-back pairing Marley and Braden to ask them their thoughts on the pitch, the changing rooms and the home support. Well, I'm, I'm liking it at the moment. Could get some spring off that. Got a little bit in it, but a little bit damp, a little bit moist, you know. That's how we like it. Should have the sprinklers out, to be honest. Can't lie, too many shades of green, though. Yeah. The grass, a bit uneven. What, what are we rating it out of 10? The kickoff, like, can't kick off on that. It's a hole in the floor. They have a battle in the middle, so it's not great. Apart um, from that, quality. Quality. After getting their thoughts on the pitch, I then asked them their ratings for the changing rooms and the home support after the game. It's alright, it's basic. It's better than nothing. It does a job. Um, we could leave our stuff in here. That's okay. five. Yeah, five. Six. Five. We don't know if the showers work yet, to be honest. No, and a review on the home support from them. Don't just say that. No, out of ten? They got about 11.3, so uh, minus ten. Minus ten. Actually, minus eleven for the amount of the home support, though. Plus. On the first episode of UCFB Away Days, Greenwich men's thirds scored a disappointing minus two out of 30. Hopefully the next score will be better. Thank you for listening to UCFB Away Days. <laughs> Well, I'll start off with the pitch. For me, the pitch wasn't that bad. I just think when we, we turned up, and I think we were told we were going to be on a 3G pitch. So we walked around to the 3G pitches and thought, oh, yeah, these, like, these, these are quite good. And then we were informed after that that, no, actually, you're on grass. And again, the pitch, the pitch was like there, there was no bumps and stuff. It was relatively flat, which was nice. But I think it was just a bit on a hill. So it wasn't like level. And there was a few little divots here and there. The goals were all right, but there was two fences either side of the goals. So every time someone had a shot that went wide, the ball ended up in someone's allotment and someone had to go and get it, which was not ideal. Um, I'd give the pitch maybe like a six, I'd say. It, it it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I think the players did give the pitch a four or five. Uh, they they didn't disagree with me too much on that one. 
I think it's difficult because Silver Jubilee Park is such a nice pitch. It's when when you do go to away grounds, it's a bit of a shock to the system that wow, not everyone plays on is lucky enough to play on a pitch like this or a pitch like ours every week. Um, yeah, our facilities are very good. Yeah, when 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 we went to Hertfordshire, their pitch was tiny. It was so small, but uh, yeah. it, it just sort of shows that you know we are very lucky to have a, a home ground like Silver Jubilee Park. Yeah, I think I think we've we've definitely got much better facilities than a lot of other uni teams. So compared to some of the pitches I have seen in the past, the uh, Greenwich's one wasn't wasn't too bad. It was. It was obviously nowhere near the standard of SJP, but it was it was okay for a, after any sort of Sunday league or uni team pitch. It was it was decent. Right, Connor. So what about the changing rooms? Right. Well, again, we turned up, and uh, that is that the, the the video of that on the segment is actually the second one I recorded because we turned up and were told that we had no changing rooms. So. The players were under the impression that they were getting changed in a field before the game started. So I did record a bit about that while they were getting changed in, in the uh, on the grass out in the cold, which they weren't too happy about. But then again, we were informed that we did actually have changing rooms. And to be fair, the changing rooms weren't bad either. There was a, a toilet section, showers, changing area. It, it was all right. The, I'd say, um, again, Definitely, by far, not the worst that I've seen. But we weren't allowed to leave our stuff in there, which was a little bit irritating. Because it meant we had to carry it like five, ten minutes to the walk, walk to the pitch, which again the players weren't happy about. Because it meant their stuff was out in the rain as well. So that 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 definitely uh, brought the score down quite a lot. I'd have given it maybe a, for the actual changing room facilities. I'd have given it a six or a seven, but due to the fact we had to carry all of our stuff with us in the rain, I'd give it a five or a four. I'd say. So did you get changed outside and then go into the changing rooms? No, we, we were about to start getting changed. There was a few people starting to get ready to, to strip off. And then uh, obviously we were informed. We were informed by an old lady, I think. I'm not really sure where she came in or whether she was just wandering around. <laughs> she told <laughs> us that we, we did actually have a changing room in the end. So the lads didn't have to uh, strip off in the cold weather. And what about the home support? The third aspect of what we rank our away days on? Um, well, put it simply, there was no home support. Um, other than the, the first were playing on the pitch next to us and every so often one of their substitutes turned around and asked what the score was. That was about as close to support that they got. Uh, we actually had um, uh, Daly's girlfriend and her friend turn up, so we actually had more supporters at this game two hours away than the home team did. So I think a uh, very poor turnout from them, to be honest. Uh, oh, obviously, wow. the players gave it a minus 11 for the amount of goals we scored. But um, I think, yeah, that, that uh, I did get that interview after the game when they were all a bit lively. So I think they're just uh, very excitable at that point, having a nice celebration after the game. I think if I had to give it a serious rating, though, can you give it anything other than a zero if no one turns up? I don't know. I've... I've been to a few away games following the first team and you you do get times when people don't turn up. We're lucky at UCFB that we always seem to have people there. 
even if it's just the team that are on after or the team that were on before at SJP. We're yeah. always quite lucky that there's always a few and the few that are there aren't aren't scared of being heard. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think if there's no if there's no one there, I feel like you'd be struggling to give them any more than zero. How can you how can you rate something that doesn't exist? Yeah, so if uh, all things considered, in from my ratings, they got a 13 out of 30, which is still not a good score, but it's better than minus two. Yeah, it's some way off minus two, isn't it? Welcome back to part three. So as this is the last podcast of the month, we'll be crowning a player of the month for October. Uh, we'll be doing this at the end of every month with each UCFB team putting forward one player uh, with one eventual winner. Uh, right, I'll go first uh, with my nomination. Obviously, uh, with the thirds being so dominant in their first two games of the season, scoring 22 goals, um, I feel like it's going to have to be one of the attacking players, although definitely not saying anything bad about the defence because they've been unreal as well. Obviously, uh, Daly, I think, has had a very good start to the season, scored some absolute banging goals. Uh, Donashi has been prolific up front getting a hat-trick last game two in his first game I think uh, Drake on that right wing he scored six in two which is unreal stats uh, even Phil Jones off the bench coming coming off the bench and playing uh, uh, right back he scored three goals in two substitute appearances so that's again big shout out that being said my nomination for this month is going to have to be centre midfielder Jude Harding um, he scored three goals in the first game, one goal in the last game. He's absolutely ran both games, um, putting in some big, big performances in the middle of the park, uh, getting man of the match in his last game. And you know you're doing something right when you get man of the match in the game where someone scored a hat-trick, someone else has scored two. But yeah, yeah, he's been phenomenal in these first two games. And I think, again, no disrespect to any of the other players because the whole team's been phenomenal, but Jude in particular, I'm going to have to give it this month. Well, this month's always a hard one, isn't it? Because of there's not that been that many games in the month, but you know the the thirds really have hit the ground running this season, and, and Jude's been a big part of that from 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 what everyone's heard. So he is a a, a very well deserving nominee. But obviously, all the other boys in the third team are unlucky to have not been nominated because it sounds like they've all started the season really well. Well, yeah, with the start they've had, they could have been any number of the 13 players. Obviously, scoring 22 goals is a, a wide selection. It's probably difficult to narrow it down to just one player. It's almost like I feel bad just nominating one, but obviously there can only be one, so no disrespect to any of the lads. I think the whole team's been phenomenal. So, Sean obviously isn't here today, but we did speak to him beforehand, and he has decided to nominate Evie Gain from the women's team. From the a little bit of the women's uh, action that I've seen. It seems like everything good does come through her, even though they've had a, a disappointing start to the season. Um, she still seems like the, the sort of the, the 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 focal point of the team and the one that the 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 player that the team can rely on to sort of step up and and lead the team when they need it. Um, yeah, so Evie Gain has been nominated by Sean. That women's team, they've got league winners in that team. They went unbeaten last year in the league and, and unfortunately fell short of the last hurdle in the cup, losing in the semi-final. So they're by no means a bad team. And just because they haven't got to the greatest start this season, it doesn't mean they can't 
regroup and and kick on and I'm sure we'll be seeing some some stellar performances from all from multiple members of that squad this season if not all of them um yeah but yeah this this month's nomination from Sean is Evie Gain Dylan what about the seconds uh, so the seconds actually only played on one game this month which was a 8-1 win against Goldsmiths I think uh the, play, the nominee has to be, you know, left wing Taylor Warden, who's scored three, a hat trick and got three assists as well. You know, like Connor said last week, he was like Usain Bolt on the wing. So some some of the initial tactics were centered around him, and he was just they were playing over the top through to him, and he was just passing the defense with ease. Yeah, I did get to watch that first game, and he was very very good. Um, definitely deserved man of the match, and I'd say again a deserved nomination. Um, six gold contributions in, in one game is more or less unheard of. You don't really see that. So, yeah, it just shows how good he was. Yeah, six six gold contributions in, in one game is 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 pretty ridiculous, to be honest. But like like the, the thirds, the seconds have got off to a flyer as well in their league. So they, they've they've hit the ground running. And, and, and even though Taylor's nominated this month, like the thirds, they it could have been any number of players because they started really well. So who's been put forward for the first smiley? So obviously after not getting off to the greatest starts uh, to the season with the loss away to Hertfordshire, um, the first team really picked themselves up last week, and 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 the man that was really behind all of that, I feel, was was Giorgio. You know, in the first game, not much went went right but it seems that everything that did went through him he was a real danger on the right hand side you know he can go inside he can go outside he's constantly running at pace looking in behind but he does like the ball to feet as well he likes to dribble at him and he's an experienced player and I think he's going to be an important player this year yeah I think he's going to he's going to be a, a real a real big contributor this season uh, last week he obviously he, he was our first goal scorer. He got us got us off the mark, and then he assisted the third goal as well. So he's just showing how important he is. Obviously, Adam Sawyer got man of the match in that game, and Toby Mitchell got it in the first game as well. So they're both going to be feeling a bit aggrieved that it's not been them. But I just think over the over the two games, Giorgio has been the player that has been in and around the man of the match, and probably unlucky to to not have got it both games as well. Um, but yeah, that that second game really any 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 number of players could have got the man of the match award, um, including Giorgio, and that and that's why I'm putting him forward because I think he's been a a really important player for Jake Carradice's side in the first two games. Yeah, I think he's a vital player to have in the team. You know, in previous seasons, he's been a league winner. So for for the team to have like someone with that experience in the dressing room, sort of really helps the mental aspect of their game. Yeah, I think he'll be someone that's going to really take control in that attacking line and maybe dig in and put in the performances when maybe other players are struggling, having had all the experience of previous seasons. Well, yeah, in in his first year, Giorgio came up with some really big goals for us, you know, and 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 he's proven to do that again this year. Um, I think with the first, you've obviously got 
uh, Toby, the skipper in, in, in centre-half, Callum Foster in midfield, and then Giorgio on the right side of the attack. That gives UCFB a real spine of experience. You've also got Jacob Sim, who's played for the thirds previously in midfield as well. So there's a there's a real spine of experience going through the team, and, and that's going to put them in good stead in, in what is undoubtedly going to be a really tough league this year. But obviously, boys, as we know, there can only be one winner. So... Who is going to win the inaugural UCFB Football Podcast Player of the Month for October? Well, I'm very happy to announce that it's my lad, Jude Harding. Round of um, applause for Mr. Jude. I think yeah. um, with, uh, with the thirds being so dominant and prolific in their first two games and a lot of a lot of the good stuff coming from him or even the fact that the attackers know that that midfield is so secure that it gives them the freedom to get further up the pitch and score all of these goals I think he's just been absolutely phenomenal he's not the only one like I said there's a lot of players that have put in big big performances in these first two games but Jude's just the one that really stood out for me got a very professional attitude and uh yeah, I think it's going to be a, a very big part of our squad this season. Well, yeah, there's there's that old thing of, you know, stats aren't everything in football, but stats also don't lie, you know, and two man-of-the-match performances, four goals in two games, it was, it was hard to really look past Jude in terms of, you know, all the other nominees are, are deserving nominees, but, but that sort of performance uh, for this month, it, it's, it's hard to look past that. I think the yeah, thirds yeah. are. I think the thirds are dominating this month. They're, they're with like incredible attacking play. They're sort of like a Klopp or Guardiola side, you know, like taking advantage of every chance they're getting. So there's, uh, and obviously the 22 goals has been a lot of scorers. So it could have been any one of the, any number of the thirds third players this month. The thing that I love is that I don't even think that this team is 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 getting out of second gear at the minute. Like I think they're they're absolutely routing these teams and I think there's there's still potential for them to go up a level if need be so I think like I said I don't I don't really want to start commenting on that, oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna smash the league this season because we're only two games in and there could be a lot of tough opposition but it's, it's looking really good in the early stages for us hello welcome back to part four of the podcast in this section we're going to go through our games for game week three so, uh, Dylan, where are the seconds next week? So, Dylan, where are the seconds playing this week? So, the seconds are away to Westminster in the Men's Southeastern Conference Trophy. The kickoffs at 4 p.m. It's the first uh, cup game of the season. Hopefully, they can start off, you know, well, sort of um, get further than last season. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they made it as far as uh, some of the other teams. Unfortunately, fell short. But this season, this this season, they're looking a lot better, just judging from the first game alone. So hopefully they can cruise through it this time. Um, yeah, the third team are also away in the cup this week. Uh, we are away to Essex, who are I think two leagues or three leagues above us. So after after how much we've been dominating the opposition in our league, it'll be interesting to see how we get on against a team a few leagues above. See see that where our quality is sitting at compared to the other leagues. So. Uh, Hopefully it should be a really interesting game, hard-fought game, but I'm hopeful that we can still come out with the win. And the interesting thing is that you're both competing in the Southeastern 
conference trophy. So we could actually get to a stage where UCFB teams are facing each other, which would be very interesting. Last season, the t- uh, the seconds and thirds were on the same side of the bracket, and uh, they were, I think, one. If the thirds won the t- the game, they got knocked out, and they would have played the seconds. So yeah, there's a chance that it could happen this season. They feel very evenly matched this season, so I feel like that'd be a really interesting game. Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, with the way the games have gone for the second and thirds, they haven't truly been tested. So I think with the thirds game this week, with the team being a few leagues above, they're gonna truly get tested this season or this game. Uh, yeah, I think it will do us some good. Is that if we get a proper test, it will see how how much we can dig deep and uh, play together as a team and keep our heads cool and grind out a result because we haven't really had to do that yet this season. So it'll be a very good test. So the first team have luckily got a bye in the cup this week. So we're through to the next round without actually having to play, which is lovely. Obviously, last season we got to the final and, and unfortunately couldn't make it all the way falling short at uh, Portsmouth. But, you know, we're, we're back with a vengeance. And, and as I said before, the first, first thing Toby and, and Giorgio and, and, and Callum, when they saw me having been in that team that came so close, the first thing they did say to me was we're going for the cup again this year. So, it is something that is definitely in our sights and, and it's going to be a target for this this season. We want to do well in the Cup. And I think, to be honest, having some of the players already tasted what a final looked like, a final is going to be the minimum for it to be a successful Cup campaign. Um, but yeah, get got, got to buy this, this, this round. So straight into the next round and, you know, uh, so we've got a week off this week to rest and recuperate. And that actually gives... Skipper Toby Mitchell time to to sort of recover and come back uh, next week for for the University of Kent fixture. Yeah, I think the cup's something that all of the teams are looking for this season. But with the first in particular having lost at the final hurdle, I think some of the players that were that played in that game they're gonna have some real motivation to get back there. And that's that's the uh, winning the trophy is the only way they can say it was a successful trophy campaign. Yeah, I think uh, there's a, there'll be a few players in that first squad that'll be itching to get their hands on some silverware this season in the cup. So hopefully, uh, in all of our last years, we can see QCFB lift the cup trophy. That'd be nice. Well, yeah, that's the thing as well. With uh, uni football only lasting for so long because obviously players graduate and move on, it gets to the point where players are are running out of time. You know, and 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 you're only at uni for so long. And while you're there, if you're a player, you want to pick up some silverware. And for the likes of a lot of these players, they've they've lost a year because of COVID. So so they really are they really are going to be determined to get their hands on some silverware this year. And 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 winning league titles is not something that's new to UCFB. All of the teams have won league titles since we've been students here. But it's it's that cup that everyone wants. You know, every team here wants to be the first team to to pick up a cup trophy for, for UCFB. So next week, the women's have got another really tough fixture. They're away to Brunel, who currently sit top of their league. Um, so it doesn't get any easier for, 
for the for the girls, but but they they definitely have the quality to you know go go away and get a result. But they've just got to pick themselves up and regroup, and hopefully they can get their season going away to Brunel. Yeah, I think they just have to ignore how the other team are doing and sort of focus on their own game. You know, try to cut out the individual mistakes and get their rhythm going. You can get too caught up in where teams are in the league and and stuff like that. Like football is eleven players you know, on each side, and it's the better team on the day if you break it down into that simple factor. And and if the women do go to Brunel and perform, they can win, and 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 hopefully they do, and hopefully they can get their season going. On on paper, on the looks of where the teams are in the league, Bruno and UCFB, UCFB will be going into it as underdogs, which they're probably not used to. But the fact that they've won so many games and so many league titles and they're not actually used to losing means I think they will back themselves and and, and hopefully they do get a result. Yeah, I think on their day, they're a very, very good side. So I'd never bet against them getting a result against any team, really, because you know how good they can be in previous years. So... It's uh, still all to play for in their league, I think. If they find any sort of form, I think they can start putting together the results and start pushing forward. This Brunel side uh, have got a game in hand, so that is that is why they sit, they're they sitting pretty at the top. You know, they've got seven points from three games, two wins and a draw. Um, so, you know, UCFB put a, put, a, put a win under their belt and they're right back in the mix then. Brunel are going to have a game on hand on... On, on these teams for a, for a while, I think. I'm not sure why. I think they might have started a, a, a week earlier or or I'm not too sure what the situation is there, but it's still all to play for in that league. You can't you can't count anyone out just yet. Uh, join us next week where we'll be showcasing the second segment of USFB Away Days and reviewing Match Week 3. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials and thank you for listening.